Welcome back, wrestling fans, to the Mount Rushmore Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are back on this Monday night, September 18th, uh, for episode 58, I believe. Uh, we are 58 episodes deep. Uh, how are we doing today, gentlemen? We have a lot to catch up on uh, in just a week's time. We have a lot of news, a lot of things going on. Uh, big SmackDown, big appearances on SmackDown this past week. Uh, so we have a lot of outbreak from that in terms of what we're thinking about moving forward. Is uh, Roman Reigns going to be challenging? Well, is Cody Rhodes going to be finishing the story, or is Rock going to come in and swoop Roman Reigns right from him? Uh, we have a lot of things going on. So, uh, gentlemen, how are we doing on this Monday night? Good. It's uh, It's been a week. We had two episodes planned last week, but some things came up, so... Uh, here we are. We got two episodes this week, so we're back to our regular schedule. <laughs> we promise. We're going to try. We promise. We got trivia I had coming. an emergency in the family. So. Yeah, we got some trivia coming up this fr- uh, Thursday, which is exciting. So, you know, a lot of news to go over. A lot has been circulating the past, I would say, week or, week or so. Um, so I'm excited to go over it. Yeah, definitely with the Endeavor era, there's a lot that's already displaying out with us with news, a lot of appearances from like our legends, some of our personal favorites, uh, but looking ready to get down to it. Sean's personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have the On This Day today. So on this day, there are two pay-per-views that I will give a little love to on this day, September 18th. Uh, Unforgiven 05 and Night of Champions 2011. So, Unforgiven 05, I'll go through a few matches. I won't go over them all. Ric Flair did defeat Carlito by submission for his first Intercontinental Championship win. We had Big Show versus Snitsky. <laughs> we had Shelton Benjamin versus Kerwin White. We had Matt Hardy. This match was a good match. Matt Hardy defeating Edge in a steel cage match. This was 21-33. That was really good. Um, we also had the main event. The winner was by disqualification. Kurt Angle defeated John Cena, um, and John Cena kept the title. This was Unforgiven 05. And then for Night of Champions 2011, wow. <laughs> uh, the, the, pre, the dark match was Daniel Bryan against Heath Slater. Oh, God. Um, Cody Rhodes is on this card, defeating Ted DiBiase for the Intercontinental Championship. We had a fatal four-way match for the United States Championship. Dolph Ziggler, defeat- <laughs> with Vicky Guerrero, <laughs> defeated Jack Swagger, Alex Riley, and John Morrison. Mark Henry defeated Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. John Cena defeated Alberto Del Rio for the WWE Championship, and the main event was a no-disqualifications match. Had this person lost, he would have resigned as COO of WWE. <laughs> Anyone remember that match? Yep. <laughs> Punk Sean, and, do you remember who Punk it, and who Hunter. It? Yeah, it was Punk. <laughs> it was Punk and Hunter, yep. 2011. Uh, so, neither were great cards, obviously, <laughs> but... You know, I digress. Hey, shout out to Kelly Kelly. She was with Eve Torres defeating Beth Phoenix for the Divas Championship as well. Six minutes. Uh, good match, I'm sure. <laughs> no, Literally, there was only three matches that were more than ten minutes on that card. 
And shout out to Kevin Nash because he was shortly involved in that CM Punk and uh, Triple H feud. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so that was the <clears throat> on this day. And as we said, we're going to hop right into the news. We have a lot of things to discuss. This first one will kind of be um, not a lengthy discussion, but probably in a little bit in depth. The PWI, we're not very, you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm not huge on the Meltzer, uh, you know, rankings of wrestlers. Uh, but the PWI did come out. So what I will do for you, gentlemen, I will go through the top 10. I actually might go through the top 20 to show you who was 11 through 20 that just missed out. I think we've all seen the list by now, but I just wanted to go over it quickly. So number one was Seth Rollins coming away. He's had a great year. Uh, two was Roman Reigns. Three was John Moxley. So you have the Shield coming in. One, two, three. Uh, Gunther was number four. Vikingo was number five. MJF number six. Okada number seven. Orange Cassidy number eight. Josh Alexander at nine. Cody Rhodes at number 10. What I'll do, I'll let, I'll let us react to the 1 through 10, and then I will go through who did not make the top 10, and we'll go from there. What I thought is very interesting, uh, Josh Alexander, I had to look him up <laughs> on who he was. Uh, I know same honestly. I didn't know who he was either. He's an impact, so... Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so my initial reactions, what I'll say is um, I do think Seth is very worthy of this because it has been just 2023 we're talking about. Um, so to have Roman over him, I think probably would have been a mistake only because he's only wrestled like four or five, four or five title matches this whole year. So, you know, I think that is taken into consideration as well. Not necessarily like who's the biggest star, but who is number one. I think Seth Rollins was very deserving. Very cool to see the Shield one through three. What I thought was interesting is Moxley has had a good year, but, um, you know, I think MJF for me probably would have been the best AEW guy, and he was at number six. And I thought him and Moxley probably should have switched spots, but... Maybe that's just me. I'm happy to see Gunther up so high at number four. Um, you know, the man's been putting in a ton of work, and I think really, you know, he's had some absolute incredible matches this year. Vinkingo, you know, he's a he's a wild card. He's a daredevil. He's done a lot of good matches as well. Been on AEW a few times this year, too, uh, to get some exposure. And then you have other guys that I absolutely think should have been on this list for this year, Orange Cassidy. You don't, I don't have to tell you guys, but Orange Cassidy, number eight, I think was a, a big spot for him to be in. And I think he's very well deserving of a top 10 finish. Um, and then Cody rounded out the top 10. I wouldn't say I was surprised he was in there, but I don't know. Then again, I don't know who Josh Alexander is. So I, I'd have him above Josh Alexander because <laughs> I don't know who the fuck he is. So, And that's, you know, maybe it's a, sh uh, a shout out to my Impact fans if you don't like it. Sorry. I just don't watch Impact. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of how, how I saw it. But I thought Seth Rollins is very deserving of the number one spot. Uh, but I would switch some things around. Um, how about you guys? 
Yeah, for the most part, I mean, I'm okay with the top 10. Um, I, again, would switch some things around. Like, I feel like Josh Alexander's in there because, you know, they don't want to disimpact. So they had to give impact a little rub there and put him in the top 10. But, I mean, Cody Rhodes should easily be ahead of him in a top 10. Um, I think Cody probably should have been higher than 10, but towards the back half. the Mania main event. Would you say? You had a WrestleMania main event? Yeah, I mean, personally, I probably would have put Roman number one still. Even though <laughs> even though he hasn't wrestled as much as these other guys, he's still the most dominant champion in, in the world oh, right now. God. So I'd probably still have him number one, but... I'm glad I started with this. Yep, but uh, I'm happy with, I'm happy with Rollins getting a number one spot. Uh, MJF easily should have been top five. I mean, he's the best thing that yeah. AEW has going. He probably, like you said, should have been number three where Moxley is. But, I mean, Moxley, everybody loves him. He's had such a good year. He wrestles literally every single week. There's not a week that goes by that this man does not have a match, which is very shocking. He does wrestle a lot. Um, I'm not a big Vikingo guy. Uh, You know, he does a lot of cool stuff, like a lot of flips and stuff like that. But, I mean, I guess I haven't seen enough of him to say that he shouldn't be number five. Personally, I, I probably just would have taken him out of the top 10 because I just feel like I haven't seen enough. But, I mean, looking at the rest of the list, like Kenny Omega is a guy who probably should have been a lot higher than he was on this list. Um, 100%. You know, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn for a long time should have yeah. been a lot higher on this list. But as a whole, I'm okay with the top 10, but some things definitely should have been changed around. Yeah, um, Seth and Roman, I mean, I'm cool with either one of them with their rankings because I think if you're putting Seth at number one, they're probably looking at volume and, like, how active he's been. And he has been very active, and, like, they celebrate, and rightfully so, they, he's got to celebrate with, even though they call it the consolation prize, but I don't look at it that way. He still is a world heavyweight champion on Raw, and he's definitely had some good feuds, much better than his, like, first go-around after WrestleMania 35. And he's also injured, so he's definitely still continuing to wrestle and putting on high-quality matches. Roman at number two, I mean, the Tribal Chief, so he's the best thing going, so he's obviously a top-two spot. Moxley at number three, I probably would have gone... I probably would have put MJF there, because MJF is the most important person in AEW. And not only are like his storytelling abilities like top-notch, he also has put on high-quality matches. I haven't seen a bad MJF match. Maybe Forbidden Door was the only subpart one, and it wasn't even his fault because of it. So he's there. Moxley, I'm a big Moxley guy, so anytime he's in that spot, I'm always grateful for that. And he's definitely involved in a lot of cool stuff, especially like the stipulation matches. Where regardless if he's bleeding every match, it doesn't matter to me. It's still fun to watch and like see what else he can do, what like other tricks are up his sleeve. Gunther, another guy, obviously well deserving of it. Like he has had a great body of work as the IC champion. And Chris, I'm with you, uh, Vikingo. I have not seen much of him, and I can't really say he's deserving of it just on my list because I haven't seen a lot of his matches. So. And the same thing with Okada. Okada is probably one of the best Japanese wrestlers, but again, I have not seen him enough to put him on that number seven slot. So I probably would have put him a little lower. And then I think Cody deserves probably Cody probably deserves that seven or eight spot because even though like Cody, they're viewing him as he had a still like 
feud post WrestleMania. I still think that anything he's involved with is still must watch TV. I thought the Brock Lesnar buildups are really cool to watch, even if like the quality of the matches in the first couple didn't deliver. But the overall picture, I thought it was very important. And Cody's obviously like one of the best wrestlers in the world. Orange Cassidy, another one, very active. He's had a lot of title defenses, and he's on TV like practically every week, so he's definitely deserving of the top 10 spot. And Josh Alexander, <laughs> yeah, he's off my list. Um, he, I don't know if he is. But for the most part, I think it's a fairly accurate list. What I thought is interesting, so I'll go through the rest, but what I'll say is the guys that are missing for me are very glaringly missing. So Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay are clearly should be top 10 for this year. And this is just this year, right? It's not like how good they are as wrestlers, whole body of work. But yeah, this, this year, year, I mean, first of all, the two of them probably put on the best match of this year. So, and to be honest, Kenny Omega has been in very, a lot of good matches. So has Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay has beaten, I'm pretty sure, uh, five of the, like, the top guys that you would want to beat in most companies besides WWE uh, in his last five matches. He's beaten Okada. He beat Jericho. He beat Omega. You know, those are a lot of big names, and I think he's had a great year. So he definitely deserved to be in the top 10. Um, let me go through the, the 11 through 20, and uh, you guys can give me a shout on what, what you think about it. But uh, they have... Fuck they have Sonata at number 11. They have Claudio at number 12. They have Carmelo Hayes at 13. Samoa Joe at 14. Masha Slamovich at 15. Brian Danielson at 16. Will Ospreay at 17. Alexander Hammerstone at 18, <laughs> Bobby Lashley at 19, and Trey Miguel at 20. Here's some of the people that were not in the top 20. Kevin Owens was 21 over Sami Zayn at 22. That's backwards. Yeah. I, I'm the biggest Kevin Owens guy probably on this panel, but Sami Zayn had a better year than Kevin Owens. Demi clearly had the better year. Uh, Chris Jericho at 24, above Kenny Omega at 25. Also, Kenny Omega should not be 25 on this list. No offense. Uh, Drew McIntyre at 26, sure. Takahashi at 27. Adam Page at 28. Jay White at 32. Zack Sabre Jr. at 36. Braun Breaker at 37, Solo Sokoa at 38. I'm going through this. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Starks at 43. I am going through this whole list right now. I just went through all 500. Wow. I think I might lose my mind. Where, <laughs> where is Jey Uso? It's, it's absurd. Oh, wow. Neither was Jay or Jimmy are in the top 500. Yeah, that's I saw that. That's ridiculous. Wait, that neither one wrong. of them is in the top 500. I just went through the whole list. <laughs> wow. Ha, solo, Solo, Bully Ray is at 171. 
You're telling me Bully Ray gets a how on the Sp- list over Jey Uso? Where is it? How is Wait. So- how is Solo 38, but Neither Jey Uso isn't on the list? Hold on. Here's another guy that comes right off the top of the dome for me quickly. Damian Priest. Damian Priest has had an incredible year. Yeah. Where is he? LA Knight is at 130. Takeshita is at 126. They also Finn Balor's at Finn Balor's at. They also did this very early, obviously. I mean, at least Styles made the top 100. He's 99. (laughs) Okay, this list is. Jeepa would have blew a gasket (laughs) if he wasn't the top 100. Priest is at 71. I wouldn't. Oh, but Daniel Garcia is at 69. Get out of here with this. <laughs> you like, yeah, like what a, I love the dance. But I mean, me not seeing Jey Uso's list. name on this list just tells me enough. That's insane. That he's I have to, list. I have to browse through this like carefully because I, I, there is no way both Usos I'm are not I, on this I'm list. Pretty positive. I looked at the same list as you guys. I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to find Jey Uso. Hold on. When did the list officially come out? There. It came out last week. So if this is recent and the Usos, specifically Jay, is not on this. That okay, is here we go. The eligibility list. period for this list is July 2022 to July 2023. Wow. Well, what we can say is if the Usos aren't on here, that's pathetic. Because <laughs> 2022, I, I can't take a series. They were full on the Bloodline Steeler story. They were so. the best tag team in the world. QT Marshall at 415, but Jey Uso and That's Jimmy nowhere crazy. to be found. I didn't see Brock Lesnar on this list either, to be honest. Me either. Are they excluding, it's, like, part two? Well, obviously, it's, like, it's Jay and Jimmy are the part timers. like but... WWE guys. Probably. He hates WWE. That's why. Even though WWE had more probably in the top 10, no? Top 10 Rollins, Reigns, Gunther. Insane. Cody. Okay, so they only have three. I don't know, four. Four with, in, with Cody. They mix in the New Japan guys. Yeah. yeah, they mix up a little bit, which is cool. They're they're just WWE. They hate WWE. Listen, I I love Claudio. Claudio is not top twelve. I'm no, sorry. Danielson had a better. I don't know. Did Danielson have a better year than them? He. I look. I go by. Well, he got he got injured a little bit, so that's probably the time off. Just going by the matches, though, you're telling me Claudio had a better year than fucking Will Osprey? Probably not. No way. No way. Unless unless they're going by the volume of matches, because Will Osprey is not as active as um, Will, Claudio. Will Osprey. If that's their criteria. Active. Then I guess. Will Osprey is very. Active. But if you're going by match quality. Will Ospreay, I mean, we'll have to, it's not like a broken record at this point. Will Ospreay's top two, arguably the best in the world. Chad Will Ospreay is also very active on house shows. For Chad Three, Gable, 338. Wow. <laughs> wow. And that, this is only to July, right? Okay. So maybe Gable yeah. didn't really have a lot going. But even then, though, he was still on the rise. He was gaining momentum before he July. Was, yeah. This, this I just up. can't believe what I'm reading. Yeah. Hey, so, shout out to the Carmelo Hayes at Carmelo Hayes at thirteen. Ziggler at think about that. He's had a good year, but I listen. I I still don't think he's had a better year than Will Ospreay or I don't. Samoa Joe at fourteen baffles me. Sami Zayn has had a better year than Samoa Joe. I'll tell you another name I don't see: Ricky Starks. 
Ricky Starks is like 40-something. He was in the 40s? 43. Oh, thank God he's on it. That's 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 still that low is, that is for low. Ricky. Braun Breaker at 37 I thought was low. Because he was, he was champion is, for wait, a lot of this run. How is Melo 13, but Braun is all the way back He's 30-something. Like I mean, Sheamus could have been a lot higher than 54. Sheamus had a great year, yeah. Ricky's forty-three. Austin ben Theory Balor forty-five. Had a well, I, I one. Powerhouse yeah, Hobbs is ahead of Finn well, Balor. Powerhouse <laughs> is at fifty-nine. Hey, winning the TNT Championship will do that for oh you, baby. Oh my god, that's what I'm talking about. Um, Wardlow yeah. is at forty-seven. What did that man do to deserve forty-seven? <laughs> He won the TNT Championship twice. Oh, and he lost it. He hot potatoed the TNT <laughs> title. Hot yeah. Uh, so this list is interesting. Uh, so what we want to talk about next to when we get towards the end of the year, what we're going to introduce on this podcast when we get into December, probably, I would say we'll probably do in the first couple of weeks of uh, December, is we're going to have our first ever uh, Mount Rushmore Wrestling Podcast Awards. So it's like superlatives, but we're going to do it for the year of 2023. So the whole year, not half of like the year in July and then the other half, because that's not necessary. We'll do it for the year of 2023. And we'll do things like best feud, um, best match. We're going to think of a ton of them and we're going to go through them. We'll all have our own different ones. It'll be like how we do like our about me's we'll do it you know basically our kind of like slammy awards if you want to say whatever if you want to call it slammy awards there'll be mr wrestling pod awards um can we do our best CM Punk <laughs> <on the country>? <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah so but we'll do that for the uh, for december so that should be a really fun episode i think by then we may be close to to I don't know if we'll be close to 100. We might be though. It really depends. We'll probably be we'll probably be by 100 next year, I think. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that. So that's the PWI top 100. We wanted to go over that. Um, talking about CM Punk, we should talk about that first quickly. Just over the weekend, I thought I thought it was funny his quote. Uh, if there's one thing that CM Punk knows how to do, it's definitely to get everyone talking about him. <laughs> He was doing the, what was he doing, the cage fighting or whatever over the weekend, the commentary. And he said, you know, I got two months to kill, basically insinuating that uh, he knows very much well as everyone else in the wrestling world that uh, Survivor Series is in Chicago this year. So um, as of right now, gentlemen, give me your barometer. Does CM Punk show up at Survivor Series this year? I'm going to say no, and but I do want to say this, though. He also um, quoted um, Cody Rhodes' What Do You Want to Talk About? So I thought that's kind of planting seeds that he – I think he will be in WWE 100%. I do think it's going to be after Survivor Series, though, because I feel like they don't want to rush it because they kind of got a lot on their plate right now with, like – we're going to get into it in a little bit with The Rock. Um, you know, obviously Randy Orton potentially coming back. So I think they have a lot on their mind already with that. But I can see definitely CM Punk coming back around November, December, maybe even Royal Rumble time. Um, so that's where I'll leave it at that for starters. But um, I don't think it's going to be a Survivor Series. I think I'm leaning more towards like 60% yes at Survivor Series. I think that, I mean, that's 
the perfect opportunity to have him return, obviously, in Chicago at a big four pay-per-view. That's huge. And not only that, but like, of course, the timing of this is funny where he says he's got nothing going on for two months and then two months is Chicago. And it was either Nick Connor, someone from Endeavor came out saying some really kind words about Punk and, you know, we respect him. And I just think the timing of is funny, which is making me lean more towards that he will return at Survivor Series. Maybe that's more of a heart pick because I love CM Punk, but I'll ride that one out. (laughs) Chris can't wait till he gets back. (laughs) I am probably 100% 50-50, to be honest. I think it's a 50-50 shot, but if I was a betting man today, I would also say no uh, to him showing up at Survivor Series. I also lose like some time. Yeah, it's true. He's coming true. back. I do lose a lot of <laughs> bets. Bet some money on I, it. I, I do lose. lose a lot of bets. <laughs> the way I see it is this, right? I'll say yes to him being at Survivor Series, and then when he doesn't show up, I'll be pissed off. <laughs> but then the real issue for me will be at Royal Rumble when I really want him to come back. And then it's like the hurricane that comes out <laughs> for a surprise entrance. Oh my. And then I'll just like throw my fucking con- fucking remote across the, the room because they have not given many good surprise entrants for the past few years. They've been mediocre. I think best. probably Punk or Orton are the, are the two that come to mind that we could potentially see as like a surprise entrant. And I do want to say this about Punk, though. Even though I've been very harsh on with the EW, I am very excited for a WWE <laughs> return because that's a CM Punk that I miss. I miss WWE CM Punk, and I think there's a lot of feuds out for him, especially with Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, potentially John Cena again for who knows. But I think there's a lot ready for him that like they have set up for him because I bet Triple H probably has storylines already like planned out for him after the two, three months that he decides to come back. So I'm definitely excited this for that. This man's a WWE homer. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. We all are. He didn't baby. want to see him in AEW, but wants to see him in WWE. Hey, that's okay with me, yep. baby. WWE is still number one. Triple H for life. Sorry, Sorry to our other other fans. I feel like our AEW fans have given up on this podcast, maybe as well, because they understand we we prefer WWE. But hey, yeah, Matt McDivison. Yeah, we love it. We love it all. Yeah, shout out to Matt. Uh, we got to get him on the show again. Um. Okay, so that's about Punk. The other, and, uh, a lot of news just going on as we kind of go through this too. The next thing we'll talk about, let's just go to SmackDown from this past week. Um, so The Rock and Pat McAfee were at College Game Day this weekend. So a lot of people had a rumor thinking that he would show up at SmackDown because College Game Day was in Boulder. The Rock did show up at SmackDown with Pat McAfee on Friday night. And... Uh, Austin Theory got the nice rub from The Rock. He was out there with them, which I thought was very cool. And obviously, they they see a lot in Theory, but this kind of confirms that whoever you put out there in that spot, you know, it's a big deal. Um, but The Rock went on College Game Day on Saturday and talked about how he gypped everyone at WrestleMania 39 of the match with Roman Reigns. And he said it was basically done... They just couldn't get together creatively, and he gave a bunch of excuses. Um, but he said, hey, WrestleMania 40 is in Philly next year. Who knows? Maybe maybe we can make it happen. Um, I think this might be different than what you guys think, but I think 
I'm disgusted with The Rock for these comments about not only, first of all, not only were we, we were there, and it doesn't matter because I'm going to WrestleMania 40, but we were there for 39. And for some reason, he said it wasn't his schedule. It wasn't anything else. It was just getting things done creatively. You had like nine months to get that done creatively. So I think that was a fucking cop-out answer. And I think it was fucking stupid. And I also think he's going to ruin all the plans that are going into WrestleMania 40 this year. So, and when I say that, I also say this because if Roman Reigns is champion for another year because of this, it will only be specifically because of this. Because I don't think there's any way Cody will win anywhere but WrestleMania. I don't think, sorry, I don't think Roman will lose anywhere but WrestleMania. You can't sell me on Roman losing at a fucking fast lane or a backlash. Like, I just don't see that happening. So if I have to wait a whole nother year for this guy to stop being champion, it'll just be nauseating as it already has been this year. Like, I, it's just, it'll just be the title won't be on TV, which is frustrating. But I, I can't believe The Rock, to be honest. And listen, I'm also going to say this. Of course, I want to see the match. Let's be very real. Anyone that's saying you don't want to see that shit can fuck right off. So, like, that is one thing that I will not agree with. Like, people are saying they don't want to see that match. Fuck you. That's bullshit. Anyone that's anyone knows this is the match. Listen, I'll be butthurt if they don't have the match with Cody this year. I'll get over it because it's still an incredible match and a match I want to see. And there's not many opportunities that we're going to have left to actually have this match. So that's the way that I see it. Yeah. So going to like the rocks comments about it. So I think the reason now he did lie to us, I hundred percent agree with you guys that he gypped us, but looking at how things have transpired now with Endeavor, I honestly think the rock had to lie because he thought that the deal with Endeavor is probably going to be before where it was. But since the Endeavor deal came afterwards, I think they want to announce it after the deal was done. So that's why I'm pretty. I'm now at 95% sure that The Rock will be at WrestleMania 40 because of the fact that the Endeavor deal is done. <laughs> it's now during. Now it, it's officially like under their belts, like um, you have with the UFC and WWE merger with everything. There's gonna be more eyeballs on the product and everything. So I think it's gonna be like pretty much like a done deal at this point. Now, as far as like you think that Roman's not gonna lose it anywhere but Mania. I think he will. I wow. think he can lose at a top four wrestle, a top four pay per view. So basically, Royal Rumble or SummerSlam. I think it's going to be Royal Rumble. This year. In the way I think we get the Rock, I don't think they're going to just jump the Rock right into it with Roman. I think they're going to milk this for about another like three to four months, and I think the Rock is going to show up at the Royal Rumble. I think so. Um, Roman's going to. I don't know who it's going to be. He's maybe going to collect two more people from Bloodline to help. Screw Cody out of it. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be Cody versus Roman in a championship match, and then there's interference that comes into play to help Roman. The Rock's music hits. The Rock cleans house and costs Roman Reigns the title. Cody finishes the story at Royal Rumble, and that is how we get Roman versus Rock. It's gonna be a non-title match, which makes it perfect because it's more believable that The Rock has a chance that Roman Reigns is not champion. Because if Roman's champion. It makes the excitement a lot less because of the fact that Rock doesn't have a chance in hell 
maybe 5% <laughs> chance of beating Roman for a title. But realistically, for creative purposes and long-term booking, there's no chance that you have The Rock walk away with the championship. Who do you have Cody Smith at Mania so, then, Sean? So when he does that, I think it's he has a lot of options. If they don't go Gunther and Seth Rollins, I could see Gunther wanting to get payback on Cody for eliminating him in the Rumble last year. So you go that route. You have you have potentially Randy Orton coming into play. Randy Orton could win the Royal Rumble and challenge Cody. So I think then you have the CM Punk fan. The CM Punk could be like, listen, I want a championship <laughs> match. And so we just give it a punch. Chris would have a great time Either way, that. I think there are a lot of options to superstar power on the table. But um, as far as the actual thing with The Rock, I'm a big one of my – he's my all-time favorite. So I was excited. <laughs> I was ecstatic. I actually had to tune in late because I couldn't get my TV to work. I tune in, and as I tune in, I literally see him in the people's elbow position. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, holy shit. So I missed the whole segment originally with, like, um, you know, the A-hole, the A-test of it. I had to rewatch it. Now, to that segment, I'm very pissed off that – it got censored. Yeah, it so was that's unwatchable. Another issue. But um, I'll let Chris take over now. But um, I just want to conclude with The Rock. I am so happy about this moment. I've wanted this match for the longest time. And I am praying confirmed. every single day. I was going to say, you're talking like it's confirmed. It is confirmed. not confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was confirmed. I'm, oh, I'm, saying, I'm, for, I'm, I'm another meeting it. for story. That's the only thing that came out of this. John's like, it's happening. <laughs> I, it's, ha it's happening. It's definitely so, happening. I'm with you guys on The Rock making the comments. He shouldn't have even opened his mouth, like, teasing that it was supposed I to agree. happen in the first place. You just don't do that. Um, There's nothing to gain. Right. There's nothing to gain. What do you get out of that other than making yourself look bad, which is what he did? Because people were booing <laughs> him when he said that. Pat McAfee was like, yeah. oh, my God, he went crazy. So I, I definitely don't think yeah. he should have made the comments that he did. I will say this. WrestleMania 40, we're getting Roman in the Rock, and it's gonna be, and it's gonna be for the championship. It's gonna be for the championship. Oh my it is. god! Cody is gonna face Seth, unfortunately, and beat Seth for that I championship. Gunther is not gonna be in a championship oh, match at Mania. He's gonna face Brock Lesnar, which is another match that we want to see. Ooh. I also see CM Punk coming back and facing Stone Cold, another match. That we've wanted oh, for a very long wow. time. I would take that. I would take that. Well, this is Triple H's um, stacked <laughs> WrestleMania plans. Now we're My head it. just went spinning thinking of all these things that are going to happen. And it makes sense to me. Careful. Don't say anything, bro. These aren't our fade. Yeah, John Cena gets theory again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> how about a warrior return? You get no, but in reality, I think that... Something adds. Realistically, now that The Rock has made one appearance, I do see more appearances in the future, and I do think it will lead to some sort of storyline with the bloodline. I was really hoping during SmackDown he would run into Heyman or Solo or Jimmy, someone, and at least have a conversation with them. I don't know what that conversation would have been. But like Sean said, it's going to be kind of like a slow burn with this as well as the whole bloodline story has been, is they're going to milk the shit out of this. So if The Rock continues to show up on smackdown which i don't think it'll be consistent they're gonna keep him away from the bloodline doing his own thing um which to me is a shame because it would have been cool if he did run in with one of them 
uh, on SmackDown already. And then Paul Heyman is like, oh, call Roman Reigns right after. I think that would have been really cool, which I think. I agree. I think, oh, that would have that well, just been. Yeah, yeah that would basically I do think the they'll get they to, don't that. Want to do that. I do think it'll get there at some point, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. You both said it's confirmed, basically. What I just, yeah, all the, all four matches I just said are going to happen. Uh, it's like I'm booking the right, show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all I gotta say is this. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I've seen. Listen, not only have I seen the stuff about The Rock, but holy shit, all of the memes I've been seeing about Cody, and <laughs> they said I, I've seen story. so I've seen many. But I also saw one today that was the pipe bomb with Cody's head on it. Oh, Cody yep. next week on Raw. Yep. <laughs> I got one better. What if he faces Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins finally gets his victory oh, back on God. Cody? Here's the thing. Roman, Co- sorry, Jeremy, is going to be champ for another year after this. Oh, my God. It'll be the. I thought this year was bad. It'll be Next 41. Year will be the worst. It'll be 41. I'm going to say this. If Cody does not face Roman at the Royal Rumble and Roman walks into WrestleMania 40 with the championship, I second that. I think he holds it for another year. That Yeah, I I agree with you. If he if he's not facing Cody at Mania or Rumble, whatever you think, if he's not facing Cody at Mania, he's 100% winning. And Because I don't think anyone beats him except for Cody. And the thing is, if, if he wins and retains his championship... They're not going to run back Cody and Roman at 41. I don't see it, especially if especially if Cody does either. face Seth and wins that championship. Like, is that considered Cody finishing the story, beating Seth for that championship? I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think it. And should I don't. Be. I don't think they'll even have that match. To be honest, I heard Cody could face John Cena. Yeah. I heard a few other matches, but I just don't. I. I listen. This is my preference. Figure out how you have him wrestle twice, and that's what should happen. Yeah. You have him beat Rock night one, and then you have him against Cody night two. I saw it might be the opposite. Cody night one, if, Cody wins, and then Roman Rock night two, non-title. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'll say this. If Rock and Roman end up fighting, if Roman fights one time that night, I think it could be a triple threat. Which I think it could be Cody, Seth, and Gunther. I think Cody pins Gunther well, what, and wins the What belt. do you guys think? What moment would be more? Uh, what what moment would be more exciting? Basically, Cody winning the championship or just the match between Rock and Roman? <laughs> I would put that night too. Then, <laughs> oh god! Listen, I know, I know, Jeremy's not going to be happy about that answer, but listen, I love Cody Rhodes, but he is doesn't touch the Rock on Superstardom on Impact. The, he, Rock even said when he came out on Friday, it was top five loudest pop he's ever experienced his entire career. That alone just tells you everything you need to know. The Roman Reigns is the biggest star in the in the current roster right now. And you got Rock, who is probably top two, top five movie star of all time and one of the most popular dudes on the face of the planet right now. So this is the time to do it. Rock's only getting older. He's going to be he's either 50 Last or 51 year was right the now. time to do it, Sean. April was the time to do it. <laughs> We wouldn't have even had to have this conversation about Cody Rhodes and Roman either. 
listen, I'm with you on that. I, I, we obviously being at WrestleMania at SoFi, like I, we all want him there for that one. But I think just now with the Endeavor situation, I think he was forced to lie. Now it's a shitty move on his part. I'm with you guys. He shouldn't have lied to us saying, "Oh, um, I'm not in ring shape ready." When really it was because they couldn't come up with creative ideas. But now with the Endeavor stuff, talk and everything, I can now understand why it played out. It was just a bad move on The Rock for he opened his mouth about it because he should have stayed silent the whole time. But to conclude it, though, um, listen, Cody Rhodes, and I will say this too about Cody, as much as we love him, he is ice cold right now. They don't even know what to do with him. On booking purposes, they have Dominic Mysterio feuding with them. Then you have them feuding with a random Judgment Day member one week. So it's like they don't know what creative direction to go with Cody Rhodes. And that's a problem. So right now, you basically are forced to just bring back a lot of like the older like Attitude Era guys, like the Stone Colds of the world. Obviously, we have a return in Orton that's any given moment could return. We have CM Punk who, after his 60 days, could be back in any given month. So at this point, I just think that Cody Rhodes, they basically have to have him just sit on the shelf and kind of just like force opponents down his throat until we get like the more meaningful guys to come back. Because at this point, Anything Cody does right now, it just does. I don't care about it. Cody is still the number one baby face in the company, whether he's facing the Judgment Day or he's facing someone else. So, listen, the ne the next, what I'll say is this, right? We have, we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, I'll have a lot to be frustrated about. But it's going to be a very interesting WrestleMania season this year. I'll say that. Uh, I thought last year was wild. But, you know, this year will be crazy because it also depends listen that actor strike could end tomorrow and the rock could not be at wrestlemania it's it's very it's very yeah. clear that that could and happen there goes john so, cena's schedule yeah there goes john <laughs> cena too yeah so who is there any chance that we get cody rock and no, roman in a triple no threat? you gotta keep the story separate. The story yeah stories are separate i i i'm with you there too i well. am Jeremy, how about you though? So, do you what do you think? Do you think that we're getting Rock and Roman? Or do you think it's gonna be Cody Roman too? There's too many factors in it. I I don't think Rock will commit to anything this far out. So, like, I think by like January, I'll have a better understanding of what I think he'll do. I don't think he's gonna say right now that he will because, like I said, I think he could be back to work next month. So if that's the case, yeah, the Hollywood. Strike. If that's the case, yep. I I don't think he, you know, listen, he can say all he wants that WrestleMania is in Philly this year or whatever, and he's best friends with Kevin Hart, who's from Philadelphia, and will probably host it at some point. Something. I just listen. I think he could do the biggest slap in the face and not be in a match, and come out and do something stupid like just a segment. And just slap everyone in the face and be like, okay, I was at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's tough to say. If I was a betting man, if I, again, if I was a betting man and I had to bet today, if it was going to be, you know, if I had to put all my money on Roman and Cody or all my money on rocking Roman, I think I would bet on Roman and Cody. Because I think The Rock is very, like, I, I just don't know what I'm getting with him. He's, he was supposed to have a match, like, so many times at WrestleMania, and he still has not. So, for me, I, I'll go with the sure thing. 
I'll say this though too. If it is Rock and Roman, I think that will be Rock's final match. It be Roman. I think it, it's a perfect ending. His cousin, it's it, it's family and everything like that. I think that's a perfect ending. Put over Roman and just solidify his stats. And then he also drops down into my um, closer top ten list. So he'll probably go out. He'll go up a couple slots because of it. Yeah. Does, what if it's not his last match and he comes back and has one more match with Stone Cold? Oh. <laughs> I don't hate it. I like it. Listen, anytime I get The Rock, or Stone Cold for that matter, anytime I get those two guys on there, I think people forget how merrier. good Stone Cold looked in his last match against Kevin Owens. True. He, he, he looked excellent. And also, The Rock, even though it was a quick sequence with the Spine Buster and the um, People's Elbow, he looked pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dude's jacked. He's never going to lose his athleticism. Yeah, he and, and he clearly is not in cardio shape one bit because of how big he is yeah. right now. And even then, he looked very quick for that sequence. So he gets in ring shape. I think they, him and Roman could have a pretty good. And the good part about that is, too, they'll have to wrestle at Roman's pace, which is very slow paced than, like, you know, Cody or Seth Rollins, which helps out The Rock a lot. And will also like reduce like the risk of his injury, so that can also be a big plus. I tomorrow. can tell you what, the match won't be as good <laughs> if it's Rock and Roman versus Cody and Roman. I know you don't like the Rock. I love the Rock. But I will not <laughs> say though. I don't think the Rock's ever been a better wrestler than Cody is right now, in any point in his career. Is the Rock a better wrestler than Roman in any point of his career? Yes. Wow, you were quick to answer that. I think it's a lot closer than people think. Because a prime rock had some bangers, and and Roman uh, when he went through a still period where Roman didn't want to do a lot of moves, there was there were some there not many of them, but there were some periods where Roman was very lackluster. Oh, I you don't have to tell me. (laughs) But the Rock has never, you know, the Rock has never (laughs) been a. Honestly, I don't even think he's been a B plus wrestler. I think he's been like a B at most wrestler. And just wrestling. <laughs> just wrestling. I'm not talking about everything else. Just, just wrestling. Just just wrestling. He he's had some very good matches. Uh, I don't know. He he's been a he's been a average wrestler for Here, me. Nothing I think above. I think that The Rock probably has the second best WrestleMania main event of all time, right behind Roman and Cody. Yeah, I agree. But I agree. On but that, that match was also like more storyline driven. It was more storyline driven, not the actual match. Who? Oh, Rock and Yeah, because Vince McMahon, um, because yeah. Stone Cold um aligned with Vince, that was more of the bigger picture. I don't know. I yeah. I I honestly, if I was, if you were again tying my hands behind my back and say pick one. I would actually say Roman is the better wrestler than The Rock. Which is saying well, a lot for me, the past, to be honest. The past two years, two to three years, Roman has put on classic after classic match. Classic, classic his only, match his with... Only, if you look at his only bad match this year was Jey Uso. Classic, yeah, I agree. Classic match, long matches, so definitely some filler, but also what doesn't tarnish Roman because it's part of his character... He can also never win by himself the past three years, which has been, you know, the only knock on him. But that's part of the what th- his gimmick is. So that doesn't really the thing about matter. the thing about Roman and the yeah, Rock dude. is Roman can do things that the Rock can't, 
but Roman can also That's do true. everything that the rock can do. So what I mean yeah. is like Roman, when he used to basically run off the ropes and jump out of the ring onto everybody, whoever's on the outside, yeah. the rock, rock never did that. Can't do that. So I just base it off of that one thing. I think The Rock can do it. The fact that he was so protective of, like, of a future Hollywood career, that's why he didn't put himself. He in didn't do it before the Hollywood career. I mean, yeah, he didn't do it when he was young. But but that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying though. I think like he was like getting the nod that like he has a future in Hollywood, <laughs> where it's like once you're done with your wrestling career, whatever you want to do it. So don't put yourself in like high frame of mind. That's why The Rock never did a lot of high flying moves. But I think if he was told like, listen. Forget Hollywood, your full time wrestling. I think you would see a lot more of The Rock um, in those like you know sequences Sean's and everything. Sticking up for his boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Roman's my guy too. Yeah, well, obviously not as much as The Rock, but yeah, I don't know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. see. We'll have a, probably a lot of discussions based on this. And these guys have basically already concluded that WrestleMania 40 already has its main event. Uh, so we will see in the coming months what what has going for that. One thing that I will say is this: uh, speaking of Roman Reigns, we might as well just talk about it now. Uh, he has been confirmed to be defending the title on the Saudi show. Uh, that is November fourth. Most likely, it seems that's going to be against AJ Styles because I think AJ Styles is going to be continuing his feud with the Bloodline, and that'll be the match. I think that'll be a pretty entertaining match, to be fair. Uh, but let's talk about November 4th as the, the first time he's going to be defending the title again um, after SummerSlam. That's a wide gap. But uh, he will be on TV to, I guess, promote that show. So my guess is we'll probably see him uh, – one week in in the month of October to 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 promote the Saudi show, um. So that's for Roman. He'll be back November fourth. Might might obviously he'll be back on TV one or two of those weeks leading up to yeah, that, probably that November third as well. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> he'll just come out and say I'm facing AJ Styles. It's over. <laughs> they have a quick they have a quick face off and then SmackDown goes. Off I think what's more logical is the first or second week of October he'll come out. When AJ's been feuding with the Bloodline, and he'll just be—he'll just say he's gonna face AJ or whatever. They'll get to that match, and then they won't see him for the next two weeks <laughs> or three weeks. I think that's probably what will happen. Um, what I think is like frustrating too is the fact that, and obviously we love AJ Styles and everything, but the buildup has been absolute dog shit with him in the Bloodline. This all started from a pushback stage, and now we're getting AJ versus Solo, AJ versus Jimmy. AJ gets jumped by them. I just feel like it's just repetitive. It's just boring for, at, at this t- point in time. Yeah, is next I don't know. I don't know how- for SmackDown, Jimmy and Solo versus Cena and Styles. Did I see that? I, I heard it was a I'm rumor. Sure. I thought okay. that was the rumor for Fastlane. Oh, okay, Fastlane. That 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 what Fastlane could be. Yeah, we'll see. That would be my guess, though, that that would be the match, though. I think that will could potentially be there. I would take it. Um, so we'll see about that. The other other thing about um, premium live events, so what was announced yesterday or the day before that, uh, there will be an Australia premium live event early in 2024. My guess is, so besides Rumble, what do they have? Will it be Elimination Chamber? Or will it be... I'm guessing it would be a Saudi show again. Like a I day think there one was one or yeah. whatever. 
Crown I feel like there was something. one before Mania. Like last year or the year before in Saudi. Okay. So this one will be in Australia um, early 2024. So that should be really cool for the folks that are obviously there's a few Aussies in the crowd uh, in WWE roster. So I heard Grayson Waller could him and Austin Theory, if the titles are split by then, I heard could be going for the tag titles for SmackDown. I heard Bronson Reed will be on the show. Um, you know, that'll be cool. Obviously, probably Mommy will be on the show, of course. Um, that'll be really huge yeah. for her, no doubt. Uh, so that should be a, a fun time. I bet you that crowd is going to be fucking nuts, is what I'll say, because they obviously never get shows. <laughs> so I'm sure it'll be a really, really good crowd, and it should be a fun one to watch. Uh, I don't know what the time is. Yeah, if you can get to get to that Puerto Rico backlash crowd, then you're doing good things if you can get to that level or The close time to difference it. is wild, so I'm guessing we're probably going to have to watch the show at like 8 a.m. or some bullshit like that, <laughs> so... Who knows? But yeah, so that's announced for, and it's the the stadium they're in holds at least 60K. And I saw someone said if they want to, they can, as long as they do it right, they can hold at least 80 to 85. So that'll be a full show. That'll Watch be, this, AW. <laughs> yeah. lying about your numbers. Yeah. Watch this. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This should be in the list too. We should have had this as a topic. TK I didn't want to put it in there only because I think we do enough to shit on AEW. Do some more. <laughs> oh god. Um, on a more not so great note, uh, WWE and Endeavor. Obviously, we talked about their merger. They laid off over a hundred employees this week. Uh, those were no wrestlers or anything like that. But I guess a lot of marketing people which makes me a little nervous that they're hopefully they continue to do well for their marketing and those promos that they do. Um, I hate for that to suffer because of that. So, uh, but you know, shout out to hopefully at least they have an alternative. Listen, AEW is there for a reason. There's alternatives. So hopefully a lot of these people will be able to get work elsewhere. Um, the other big piece, two other pieces I want to mention quickly. Well, one of them quickly and the other one we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, Rhea Ripley came out this week and had a audacity to say Damian Priest is ready to take Roman Reigns' seat as the best in the company, so it seems. Uh, this was very laughable. I do love Damian Priest, but there are levels to this, mommy. So, uh, let's uh, let's tone it down a little bit. Obviously, she's hyping up. Uh, that was probably in character that she said that as well, but I thought that was very interesting. Even Damian Priest knows that's not true. And now he's got to back up yeah. mommy's big mouth. <laughs> All I got to say was I think Rhea might have been hanging out with Booker too much with that good weed. <laughs> say comments like that. Makes un- NXT unwatchable for me now. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's sickening. And the last bit for news this week that we'll talk about. Um, is the acquisition, so it seems, of Jade Cargill to WWE. So I've seen so much about this this past weekend. She's already down, apparently, in Orlando, going to be at the Performance Center this week. Um, (laughs) It's so funny seeing the IWC on Twitter go after each other when it says, Oh, when someone from AEW goes to WWE, they wish them well. When someone goes to WWE from to AEW, they say, oh, they're going to suck or something like <laughs> that. 
I think it's incredible to see the two fan bases literally cannot get enough of each other um, about literally just giving each other shit. Like, it should just be, listen, going to a new company, listen, I'm still not a big Jake Cargill person. I'll be the first to say it. Do I think she'll do better in WWE? Probably. But that's just, that's not saying much coming from me. But what I'll say is this. I still have the same issue with her that I did in AEW. Um, I think she needs to develop a lot more on the mic. I think she needs to develop her character besides being that bitch. And I, yeah, I just want to see more. She's an athletic person, but she's still not a pristine wrestler. You know, a lot of people are comparing her to, like, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is, like, a pristine wrestler. Like, she is top-notch wrestler. Jade has a long way to go to do that. Bianca's, Bianca's future goal. So, we won't go there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what we'll, what I'll say is this. I mean, it's a big acquisition, obviously, for WWE. I think they've looked at it. They've wanted her for a long time. And this was, like, pretty rapid. I mean, we just heard about her contract coming up this past week. And then she was in two two matches. She was in a championship match with Chris Statlander for a rematch. And then she was in another match, I believe, on Collision as her last match. Or maybe she was only in one. But uh, it's seeming like her, her contract is up. So she'll be coming to WWE. What are you guys' thoughts on Jade Cargill? Potentially a huge acquisition for WWE. So I am really excited for this, surprisingly, because also I am with Jeremy. I'm also not a big Jay Cargill fan. However, I do think she's going to succeed very well in WWE because of the pool she has to work with for opponents. Women's Division AEW, and I hate to take a shot at all the AEW fan bases, but if we're being objective here, the women's division down there does not even touch or come anywhere close to the talent pool of WWE. That's just a fact. If you, all you got to do is use the eye test. I think Jay Cargill coming in there is going to be really cool. And I'm with you, Jeremy. I do agree that I think with her, the biggest concern is just what's her character going to be? Is it going to be like that that hood-type character where like just talk shit and then cut a promo? Or are you going to like kind of start from scratch there and develop like something more creative with it? Other than that, I do want to see her with – because I know like Fast brought it up to us that, like, listen – we haven't seen the best of Jay Cargill because we haven't seen her against the Elite. So if we see her versus Charlotte Flair, will it be a good match? I don't doubt it. Against Rhea Ripley, I think that could be good. Bianca Belair, I actually saw a lot of people in the comments saying Bianca Belair should be her first order of business to set up a super yep. fight. I'm cool with that. I'm not opposed to it. If there's like good building stories right, I'm all for it. So, and I also think that her and Becky would do some good work together. I think the back and forth exchange would be pretty cool. Even though Jay Cargo's not great on the mic, I think she's pretty decent on the mic. Cause, um, but then again, not really say much because the women's division AW is kind of limited. But I think she'll do pretty well. What I do want to say is also, I don't think that she should go to NXT first. I think that's a mistake. I think you transition her right from AW, put her directly in the main roster, and start buildups because right now the women's division WWE. In terms of storyline, is complete shit. You have Io Shirai, Io Sky on SmackDown with the Women's Championship, and she's with Bailey, and pretty much damage controls in like no man's land. And you're dealing with Asuka, where me and Jeremy can't stand Asuka. <laughs> you have Rhea Ripley, who we all love Rhea Ripley, but let's be honest here, Rhea Ripley's had a shit 
title run because she's literally gone through nobody important, really. Brooke Brooke and Brooke. she's based that even though that match is kind of average, but Raquel's been the only opponent for it that's really like meant anything. And other than that, she's pretty much getting filler opponents until WrestleMania because she's not losing that title at any point. Um, but yeah, to just conclude though, I do think Jay Cargo will do pretty good in WWE, and I'm actually yeah, excited Yeah, I think for I'm it. pretty excited for it too. I always wanted more Jade Cargo in AEW, and what I mean by that is like bigger names to feud against, which AEW just does not have compared to WWE. So the reason why I think she'll be more successful in WWE is for every person that you just listed, Sean, those people are going to make her better and bring the best out of her. And I think that her character that she had in AEW will work in WWE. I just think she needs to like master that before anything else. Yeah. Because there were times where like her character wasn't believable. She's not the best on the mic. So she just needs to master whatever gimmick that is that she wants to do. And I think the rest will follow because she's extremely athletic. She's in shape. She's a beast. She has the look of a future champion. So now you just got to bring know. all that together and put her in some matches against these big names. And I think that they will bring a lot out of her. And this is someone who I would probably debut maybe in a rumble. Um, so if she's already at the PC, I mean, leave her there for a few months until you feel like she's ready, debut her in the rumble. And if they want to do that big mega match with her and Bianca Belair, I'm all for it for her first feud. Yeah. If we're, if we're fantasy booking and listen, WWE obviously, touted her and wanted her for a long time when they saw her in AEW. Her, most of her championship run, listen, she just kept beating everyone. But at, at that point, it just meant nothing. All of her matches meant nothing. What you could do if you do, this is just me fantasy booking like Chris was earlier. <laughs> but if you're doing Jade versus Bianca, you have the winner get into the new faction between oh. Lashley and the Prophets. Cargo got to win that then. You think so? I think because if you want Bianca versus like Rhea Ripley, I feel like that's more solo driven storyline rather than having like Bobby Lashley and uh, the Street Profits involved in that. I think Cargo would fit in very well with that. I think group they would. And then more fantasy booking. I might be going <laughs> off the rails here, but here we go. You got to play the Montez factor in this in this group. Oh, sure. Maybe Montez and Jade got a little something going on and Bianca doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, did you have a meeting with Jade before the podcast? We got to bring Brandon Phillips in because that's uh, Jade Cargill's work. You guys know. Nice. That would actually Brandon be, dude, that would actually be really oh, good Oh, yeah, story. yeah. Cincinnati Reds, right? Yeah, she's married to him. Um, that would be funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> That would be hilarious. Cut to the Amontes ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Oh, there's one thing. Oh, there's there's one thing I also want to bring. I'm not sure, if, Jeremy, if you have this on the list. Um, Tiffany Stray and Becky Lynch. Oh yeah, we forgot to discuss this. Yes. Go ahead, have at it first, because I have enough to say about it. <laughs> All right, so anyone that did not watch NXT, Becky Lynch uh, did accomplish what she was set out to do. She beat Tiffany Stryer for the NXT Women's Championship. She is now a Grand Slam champion. <laughs> Jeremy, not too fond of it. Um, my reaction, one, the match was yeah. excellent. Tiffany Stratton 
and Becky Lynch brought out the best in each other. Becky Lynch is doing some stuff that she hasn't done in a while. She did like a mid-rope um, Russian leg sweep that we haven't seen. She was doing leg drops um, on Tiffy. Like, well, it should have been through the table, but oh, that it like didn't it break. That looked like it hurt. And then you have Tiffy Stratton, Landon, beautifully placed Swanton Bomb, uh, the moonsault and everything. I thought the moonsault finish uh, where Becky reversed it into the manhandle slam, perfect finish on it. Um, I was honestly, I thought Becky was going to win this match and sure enough, she did. I am not upset about it because I'm a fan of both of them. Big fan of Becky Lynch. And I think Tiffany Stratton is clear cut the best woman in NXT. I don't think it harms Tiffany Stratton one bit. And the reason I say that is who in NXT on that current roster is believable enough to beat Tiffany Stratton right now. And the answer is nobody. So if you need to have a big name come down there, especially the biggest name in the company for the women and Becky Lynch, that does zero hurt. Actually expands your credibility because more eyeballs in the viewership and the ratings already displayed it. They, they did about a million views on NXT that night. And now people who don't watch NXT know who Tiffy Stratton is and how supremely gifted and athletic she is. And then you see what Becky Lynch accomplished, the Grand Slam Championship now um, with that win. You saw an excellent display of that match, and it's her stock's only going to go up because of it. Because Tiffy Strand is clearly main event ready, uh, main roster ready. So anytime she wants to pull the plug and be like, listen, send me up, she can go right up there. The hell, they could even have a rematch on the main roster. So I don't think it does any harm to it. Because if Tiffany were to beat Becky, I think it would have harmed Becky more. It's like, all right, so you're in the main roster. You just finished your feud with Trish Stratus, a future um, you know, Hall of Famer, you just ran through her. Now you go all the way down to the NXT developmental and you lose to their champion. I don't see how that benefits Becky in any way. They don't, she doesn't need to put over Tiffy Stratton right now. Tiffany's only 24 years oh. old. She can ease. I know Jeremy's not too happy, but it just that's just my view on it. Because Tiffany's so super young that she has plenty of time to develop even more. If she wants to stick around NXT for another six months, that's also an option too. Because I know she said she wanted to clear um, stuff up, wanted to get like cleaner on like her, um, you know, selling moves and things like that, which I respect a lot. But yeah, this is an excellent match, um, and to me, the right winner walked out with the championship. You want to go, Chris? Sean, to your too. point about no one on that NXT roster being credible enough to beat Tiffany, I agree. Uh, anybody can get lucky on one night, though. And also, now that Becky Lynch has well, the championship, now that Becky Lynch has the championship, there's no one credible enough on that roster to beat Becky Lynch, considering she's the best in the company. So exactly. who's going to beat Becky Lynch? Well, here's the way. Since WWE um, is the Wild West, I think Becky could very well be feuding with people on the main roster for the NXT belt. And I, and I think it's stupid. No, I'm with you guys on that. I think it's going to be awful booking. But I think the way they do things, they do things so unconventional and they don't make sense on a lot of stuff. We'll go where you talk about the draft. We don't have to get into the whole details of the draft, but they basically botched their own rules of the draft. I think literally if there's no one in NXT, whether you have, um, you know, let's see, Cora Jade, um, let's see, trying to think, Roxanne Perez. I'm just thinking names on the time I had. If they can't beat Becky, then I think Becky's just going to be defend the belt, jump in shows from the NXT to the main roster to SmackDown to Raw. I just think that's how they do things because they do it with Judgment Day. Judgment Day is on pretty much every show. 
I think um, Tiffany's going to win it back, it. and I think it's going to be stupid even if she does win it back because she should have never lost it in the first place. I mean, WWE loves their Grand Slam, though, so I mean, I don't blame them for that because they love when people are Grand Slam champions, but Tiffany probably should have held this belt until the WrestleMania, the pay-per-view NXT stand and deliver. Uh, that's my take on it. Like Jeremy said, you got to build someone to beat Tiffany. And that's what the NXT developmental is for. It's building people just like, I mean, Braun Breaker was champion for almost probably two years before he lost his title. And it's because they built someone credible enough to beat him and Carmelo Hayes. And I think that they can do that with the women because they have one of the most in-depth rosters in NXT history as far as women go. So I just think that they literally like, they just wanted to pull the trigger so quick with this. Like this came out of nowhere. Nobody saw this coming. Stupidity. <laughs> they dropped the fucking ball. And now it's my turn. <clears throat> Wait, Jeremy, before you, Jeremy, before you go, can I say Oh my, my God. You better hurry. <laughs> it'll, it'll be quick. Um, it's a question, actually. Outside of Tiffany, who do you think is the second biggest star for the women? Would you say like Roxanne Perez, or Cora Jade, or do you think somebody outside of It could of those be them. Stars? It could be Thea Hale. It could be, could be Blair Davenport if you build her up enough. It could be Gigi Dolan. It could be so Ruka. It could be so Ruka if she comes back. Nikita Lyons if she when she comes back. There's a lot of women. You guys got you, you guys got to pick one. I need. I, I need am not going to answer you. I'm going to answer with my Gigi argument for why this why this shouldn't have happened. <laughs> this should not have happened for many reasons. Becky Lynch does not need an NXT developmental. They want to go so hard with developmental. Why does she need a developmental championship for the main roster? She does not need one. The only reason she won this title is to get her the title of Grand Slam champion. That is the only reason. You can have that match with Tiffany winning and still get all of those eyes you wanted on Tiffany Stratton and showing her winning, that would have more of an impact on her to say she beat Becky Lynch. It 100%. Losing to Becky Lynch does nothing for you. It just said you lost. The eyes are still there. Popularity. The popularity is still there. So if, you, if you're telling me that it, it, okay, I'll flip, flip it back. What does it do to Becky? I, Becky is a made woman already. She does not need anything from a developmental star, a star that is on the rise and isn't even on the main roster yet. Becky Lynch did not need well, any it, it, win for the rest of her career. She Becky Lynch could lose for the next year, and it would not matter for her. Tiffany's already a made woman in NXT. Why in is NXT, she is not a made over. woman on the main roster. Becky Lynch now no, is told, NXT. listen, the other landscape about this is the North American Championship is also on the main roster. Dominic, listen, Dominic also does do go down to NXT. If Becky Lynch does not go down to NXT every week and be their women's champion, it's a fucking mistake because that should... That's it 100% is because you're taking a title from your brand that you're trying to build stars from. What? She doesn't, she doesn't need to be down there. She week does. Week. She doesn't need to be there. She, Dominic week. is doing it. So if you're not going to do it, you're a champion of a whole other brand. If you're not going to be on the brand, Charlotte it doesn't matter. It. Charlotte, Charlotte never did it when she won it. When she won what? Yeah. NXT title. She feuded with Rhea. She still never defended it. Um, we got to play both sides now. We can't just pick and choose who we say it for. 
Charlotte won that belt, and she was barely but back also, down there. Also, though, when Charlotte won it, it wasn't titled as developmental. NXT back then was like almost better than the main rosters. And it wasn't as big of a star as Tiffany Stratton is. Well, here's the thing. Uh, my my counterpoint would be the women's division now was better than the women's division back when it was. Like, which the is why the title is needed. Which is why, why the championship is needed week to week because it's bigger and better than it was. Because now, what do they have to fight for? It they is, don't have anything like, to fight for. They don't have anything to fight for. Just well for now, but you can still put in high quality matches. If if you had a de- like a more depleted roster back then, and there's no title, then to me that's more of an issue. But Becky can come down there maybe once, twice a month on down there and still feud. Now, I don't think it makes sense as far as like um, the. I think personally, as a disclaimer, I think Dominic winning the NXT belt and Becky winning that for creative purposes is a mistake. But I think Becky winning for the sake of the accomplishment, I think that was a clear cut. It's only for um, the accomplishment, for my though. That's the problem. And that's why I have a problem with it. I... I do not want main roster people going down and taking titles from your developmental brands to hold them hostage. We have enough titles on the main roster that are already held hostage. We have tag team champions that are for both shows that barely show up on both shows. We have a a world champion who's never on TV. How many titles can we actually hold hostage on TV every week? It makes the product less. Well, you got it. Well, it's well, for Judgment Day, though, they kind of had to to make Judgment Day look like the most, like, well, right now, they're the most important faction to come because Bloodline's on the decline and Judgment Day's only going up. What better way to do that? Now, I agree that an NXT title shouldn't be on Dominic's waist, but if that's the case, they're going to have to create a new title where Dominic would have to be able to go after because Dominic, the only way Judgment Day gets all the belts is if you literally have Dominic have an NXT belt because Roman's not dropping the title to any I'm of not- them. So by default, and Seth Rollins isn't dropping the belt to Dominic. So you literally have to, you're basically in no man's land at that. I'm point. not really talking about Dominic's title. <laughs> I'm talking about this whole argument was Becky Lynch. There is, and Chris is exactly right. His point is exactly right. The only person now that can beat Becky is Tiffany. So why have her lose in the first That's place? Wrong. That is 100 true. Because you're not going to have someone from the main Tiffany's roster not- beat her. Tiffany's not the only one that could be. You could have if you built up like a Roxanne Perez, if Corey J, Gigi, you any one of them are talented enough to beat her. The fact people are just looking at it because Tiffany is just so like elite of the elite right now that it makes the rest of the roster and NXT look bad. But really, in reality, the NXT women are super talented. It's just Tiffany is just a rare talent at twenty. You're making years our argument for us, though. Why would they have to take it from Becky Lynch instead of taking it from Tiffany? Point. I'm surprised you guys didn't even pick Tiffany to um to lose that match. You knew that when the record was displayed for the Grand Slam title, that because to had me it just didn't make sense. Platter. Becky Lynch winning. It's like, it's like if you're a f- fucking NBA player, right, and you go down to whatever the G League for no reason. Yeah, Why, you, you don't go back like to, like a prime Tom Brady going to play mm-hmm. in the Canadian Football League. You don't do that. Well, well, if if there was an accomplishment <laughs> for Brady, then I think he would do it for that. That's but that's a terrible that's, argument. That like, is the only reason she won is because it was for the Grand Slam title. That's it. There's no other but reason. What's wrong? But, 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 what's, but what's wrong with that though? When Dominic Larry went down to NXT he, months before that, and got I his NXT did not title. say it was right for that to happen either. But he was not going for an accomplishment either. 
No, so all I'm saying is the way WWE does things, it's unconventional. It doesn't make sense. That's why I have it going because you have to have Becky. And also, I think they ran out of opponents for Becky Lynch. So the only thing they had and to do was how fault. do we boost Becky up? That's their own. That's, that's their own that's fault. The but of, Becky does not need to go down and take. You're going, but, but you're making my you're making my point though. If she has no one to feud with, then all right. If if we currently for the next like four months or so, if Becky doesn't have anyone to feud with. What better than to go down to NXT and fight one of the baddest women on the she planet? She can do that without the winning NXT the title. Division. She can do that without winning the title. That's my response to that. But Tiffany, Tiffany can win that title right back. Then after it's, a it's no point of her losing the title. She got the accomplishment, though. What's wrong with the accomplishment? I didn't think it was deserved. If it is Roman Reigns one thousand, here's the deserved? thing about the Grand Slam for Becky Lynch. If she had originally won the NXT championship when she was first in NXT, she wouldn't have had to go back down. I'm sorry that when she was originally in NXT, her original character was not good enough it wasn't good. to win that championship. They had to wait for her to become the woman she is now to give her that. She wasn't good enough. It's going backwards. It's going backwards. Yeah, but, but, but that's more that's more credit to Becky, though, that she went from the least important to the the hottest on the main roster not going backwards to your developmental brain and taking she had to go backwards to get the accomplishment that's the problem dominic's uh first of all if we're bringing dominic into this dominic's character that that is why probably his character would be able to do that because he's not good enough to win something on the main roster and he's young can you say that again a little louder (laughs) shut up We're gonna we're gonna continue to have two different views on this, but I don't see any harm maybe because the match didn't drop a, a ball at all. The match I mean, was it didn't great. Like, drop a bomb shot. Like like the match was excellent. I think everyone was in tune with it. Everyone was fully. You can invested. still have a good match without uh, Becky. If they wanted to do That's it, my biggest point. If they wanted to do it the right way, they would have done it the way Braun Breaker did it. Have somebody challenge a world champion from the main roster, not the opposite. Yes. Yes. Well, here's well, if Becky were to lose the match, the only way Becky loses to Tiffany has to and be And that's by how I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be interference by somebody. And now you have to have her beat her clean. Because if she's going to get the title back, she has to beat her, right? Yeah. Now you have to have her beat her. Well, if I had to put money on it, I think she'll beat her clean. But do I think that a realistically there could be interference? I definitely can see that. And that could pretty much um, start a feud with Becky Lynch. Whoever cost Becky the title, then Becky can feud with that person. Who is it going to be? You know, to be continued. Who knows at this point? But right now, the main roster women's division is absolute dog shit. Rhea Ripley is just getting fed random challenges. Now, obviously, Raquel is a respectable one, which I mentioned. Liv Morgan will probably be fed to Rhea Ripley next when she comes back from the time off. And then other than that, they pretty much have no one else to feud with her. And then on the other side on SmackDown, you have fucking EO and Asuka. And then who is EO going to feud with next that we really care about at this point? Is she going to go back they, and forth with yeah. Charlotte? Because we've I feel like we've seen Charlotte and EO in like SmackDown matches like every other week. So it's like they need to get Bianca back from her like her vacation, get her back as soon as possible. Have Jay Cargill eventually jump up there real quickly, and then start calling up some of these NXT women. Get Cora Jade up on the roster because I'm sure her and Brun are going to want to come up together, and then just go from there. Well, put it this way: the match happened, and Becky Lynch is now your NXT Women's Champion for who knows how long. And like I said, 
now you don't have your women's champion on TV if she's not going to be there every week. So I think it's a complete blow to whatever they're doing. Uh, complete mistake. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. Still a great match. Great. Becky Lynch will come out tonight and wave around her NXT Women's Champion like it means something, which it means nothing on the main roster. Because Rhea Ripley can just be like, okay, I'm the actual champion of this show. So yeah. that means nothing to me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, tough one. A lot of stuff, though. A lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff to debate, and uh, clearly we can. So, uh, you know, a lot of stuff coming on. We'll see about the Rock and Roman. <laughs> we'll see what this carousel of all this bullshit going on. Uh, it, listen, there's a lot to talk about, so it's a lot of good stuff. So I think uh, we'll have a lot of good material moving forward. On uh, Thursday, we'll be doing trivia, uh, Sean versus me. So the rivalry will be uh, continued. Uh, we will finally have a decision on who we're going up against in Team Trivia because I think we're going to do a Team Trivia at some point, uh, us versus uh, the folks, uh, our English brethren on our, on our future podcast. So we'll see about that. But uh, So we have that, and then we have our classic Survivor Series 2002 review um, on Thursday as well. So thank you as always. We have some great topics tonight. Um, hopefully you stayed for the last 20 minutes cause, uh, we got, we got into it pretty good. So, uh, that's what this show is for. I think, I think we need to do a little bit more of that sometimes. Um, but we appreciate you again, follow us, let us know. And, uh, you all have a good one. Enjoy Monday night raw.